Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. These last few weeks, I've really enjoyed doing this live show as it certainly has brought up some interesting topics for me to discuss, along with some very interesting questions from you, those who are watching. And it's times like these that you really do see the psychology of the market and how it works. Even more than that, it's we also get to see the mistakes people make, as in volatile times, mistakes are generally amplified. And so I hope having watched these live shows, that you're more aware of what's happening right now and how you might handle it. What I also hope is that you are making better decisions so you make more money. Now I'm sure tonight is going to be another equally as interesting show as we discuss the Australian stock market, your stocks of interest and questions. Not to mention my topic of the night where where I share with you how you beat the market using top portfolio risk management strategies. So get prepared for me to challenge your thinking on Sorry, so get prepared for me to challenge your thinking in the way you invest and trade. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, first up, I have another quote for you tonight, which goes a little like this. A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action becomes reality. Now, my mentor taught me that the road to success has seven steps, with the first step being for you to work out your why, and this is your dreams and goals. And the last or the seventh step is to take massive action. Wishful thinking will get you nowhere, and doing nothing gets you exactly that, nothing. The challenge most people have is that they go through life using wishful thinking and not goals. And further, whilst they may work hard at their job, they do not put massive action into what is really important, and this is achieving their dreams and goals. It's well known that Australians are not saving a large percentage of their income, and they struggle to survive without a job for three months. If you don't save, you can't invest, and if you don't invest, you can't grow and compound your money. So write down your goals, break it into steps so it becomes a plan, and then take action by following the plan. Now assume you're watching this show as you wish to trade or invest better, and so it only makes sense for you to set down some goals and make plans to achieve them. The market has certainly been exciting the past week or so, and if you've watched my market report video from yesterday, you'll know my current thoughts on it. 
Now I'll say right up front that now is the time to get excited rather than be fearful of the market, as many opportunities are coming to get great stocks at lower prices. This is your choice whether you will profit from these opportunities or not. Now is the time to set your goals, get educated in how, so you have a plan, so you'll be ready to follow the plan when the time is right and reap the rewards. Now the last few weeks in the chat for this live show, we've seen a hive of activity, making it a bit hard for me to not only answer everyone, but also to keep up whilst Janine is away. So tonight, if you want me to look at a stock for you, then don't just sit there and type, um, can you have a look at X? Rather, you need to tell me, do you own it or not? And what are your thoughts that are on this stock? Or what thoughts do you have on this stock? Now, later on in the show, I've got a little surprise for you where I've got going to give away some bit of my time for next week for you. So just wait till the end of the show and I'll tell you all the details of that as well. Now, these shows are about empowering you and not making you dependent with me just telling you what I think this or that might do because this is disempowering you. So it's important that you put down some of your thoughts into your request or for the questions you ask me to answer, as in doing so, you're actually helping yourself. So tonight, people who follow this process will get answered first. Now we have that sorted. It's the third Tuesday in the month, and that means first up tonight, we're going to take a look at world markets. And as normal, early today, I recorded my thoughts for you. So whilst you watch the video, I'll get into the chat and look at your questions and some stocks. So when I come back, I'll be ready to look at everything for you later on in the show. So let's get the video going and I'll see you back again in a few minutes. Again, world markets have been uh, quite volatile over the past week or so, again, with that uh, conjecture about the US economy and going into recession, trade wars, the whole thing that we've been chatting about, not only just for weeks, but I think we've pretty much been chatting about it all for the last year or so. I know the US-China trade wars constantly in the news over and over and over, and obviously um, interesting tweets from President Trump can do specific things on the marketplace. But let's get into looking at the world indices and just see how they're faring at this point in time. So um, on the screen right now, I've got a the, our watch list of the major world indices, and you can see them all down there, all the major world indices. And you can see here from top to bottom in terms of the last month, so this is, or current month, sorry, from the 1st of um, August, so we're halfway through the month, and you can see here India is at the top of the list, and we've got Argentina down at the bottom, it's down 27%, but you're seeing a lot of this in, in terms of most of them are still not too far away, you know, right down to here, we're still only down 4%, it's not until we get to the All Orders Index down here at 5%, everything else is less than 4% this month, so most major world indices aren't really that affected. I mean, talking about the, the DAX at 3.89%, um, Singapore at 5.22, the FTSE down at 5.21, Hang Seng at five, just over 5 there as well. But let's go and look at the year to date. Now, the year to date is from 1 January this year. And then the picture looks a hell of a lot different, doesn't it? When we're seeing this, and we're seeing at uh, the NASDAQ 100, 21.95. New Zealand's up there, 21.46, doing very, very well. Uh, the NASDAQ composite over 20, the S&P 500. So looking at that one, two, three out of the top four are all US. Uh, and then we've got the Shanghai at 15. All odds not doing too bad there you know, at 14.73, even after a 5% pullback. So it's pretty good. Uh, S&P, uh, the ASX 200, uh, nearly at 15 there. 
uh, and then the list goes on at the bottom of the list. Tokyo down, um, Seoul's down, Jakarta's down, Mexico's down. But let's go and have a look at the charts. But what this says to me is probably you're going to get a bit of a slowing down on the US ones. And some of these other ones, the FTSE, the, the DAX, etc., cetera, uh, will actually start in the straight times index. They'll probably pay catch up now because that's what happens in the world with the markets or the, the different indices. And if I showed you a chart, and I've been said that a couple of times, I should show you this chart where, where they've mapped the Your Lords and the um, Dow in the US. And it just shows you over uh, you know decades and decades that the, the, they, both of those indices get out of sync with each other and they come back together. And people think the Dow constantly outperforms the Australian market. And the answer is no, it doesn't constantly. It does at periods of time. But then the Australian market outperforms the US one. So let's look at some of these indices. And that's on the screen right now is the FTSE out of the UK there. And you can see here it's been reasonably sideways now um, for a probably quite a period of time since January 2017, which is so similar to the Dow and the S&P 500. It really has been going sideways. The difference thing here is the all-time high on the FTSE was way back in May last year. The most recent high here in July uh, didn't quite get through that. So whilst it's not bearish, it's not super bullish. And I'd actually just move that over to here. And I would expect if it is, does fall away, you're not going to see a huge fall on this, this market at all. It does look okay to me. So I think it's going to find some support right across here. Um, and it's not too far for it to fall to get down to those sorts of levels down that 6828 level. But I think the FTSE is still looking really, really good. And obviously all the talk about Brexit going on, etc. And with now Boris Johnson being the Prime Minister of the UK, be interesting to see what happens in his first 90 days in office because he does need to organise a Brexit deal. Here's the Hang Seng. As you can see, that has been quite bearish. We had this big, big high back in February 2018, which is this same one back here, back in January 2018. So it does look reasonably bearish, and but it has held above that low there at 24,540, uh, which says some bit of support there. So it'd be interesting to see because it has come right back this month, and you can see it the last two weeks it's done really, really well. If it does fill this gap and comes back right up into this sort of area, 26, 27,000, then we may start to see this thing move up because if we look at that monthly chart, you can see that angle that it actually particularly runs on. And if I use my trend line tool, you'll actually be able to see what I'm talking about here, how I keep saying markets run on a momentum and you can see it moves up and down and around, hits its head on it, hits its bottoms on it. Right now it's hitting its head on it. So if it does start to move up, you'd think it'll move up back to this line. If it breaks short, then we might make a new high on the um, Hang Seng. Now let's go into the Shanghai Composite there. Um, again, it's, it's the, Chinese markets or even the Asian markets are quite volatile. They generally always have been quite volatile. And you can see the big sideways move you get from the Shanghai Composite. Massive moves up, massive moves down. And you can see a lot of resistance sort of around this sort of level here at 415. A lot of support at that level at 387. And it's basically just trading sideways. Um, obviously, with some of the issues going on in China at the moment, um, China is still a very much a growing economy. It's very much more of a capitalist society than, and it's probably people, some people argue um, China's more of a capitalist society than what the US is, even though they have a communist government, but it really is entrepreneurial. I wouldn't suggest you'd keep the Shanghai down for too much longer. It's down near the bottom end of that range that I was talking about. So uh, we might be seeing an exhaustion phase here. And you can see here at open here, move down, it's closed back right up. And if I go back to the weekly chart, you'll see what I mean. 
these last two weeks where the rest of the market's been, or the US has been a bit more bearish, it's been a bit more bullish. It's closed up last week. It's currently closing up and it looks like it might close that gap there. So if it moves up into that realms of 413 plus, you may see some nice support coming underneath this and the Shanghai Composite. And Australia really does need to see China do well, because if China's doing well, the Australian market will be pulled up. Even if the US is more in a recessionary environment, we spend, we actually do a lot more with China and with Asia than we do with US as far as imports and exports. So China and Asia are far more important to us. So, if, uh, and they're, they're not necessarily in the same cycle as the US market. That's why I'm not as worried about Australia, our Australian market as I am, or, or as I would be with the US market. Right now, I think if uh, Shanghai and the Hang Seng start to do well, China starts to do a bit better, um, then Australia will do better. There's no doubt in my mind Australia will do better. And there'll be a trade deal done. It's not no doubt in my mind there'll be a trade deal done. Here's the Straits Times Index in um, Singapore. And you can see, again, very much a sideways moving type of market at this particular time. And it's been going way back. That's 2010 where my pointer is. Not a lot of growth happening here, very sideways at the moment. A little bit more bearish this week. It's closing below that low there at 3104 at this point in time, which suggests it's probably going to tackle that low at uh, 2955. If it breaks that, it's going to go down further. But it's in similar fashion to what we just looked at with the um, SSEC or the Shanghai Composite, where it's going between that sort of range there, 3311 and that range there at 3084. It really does need to start breaking out of that range. And you can see it's very, very big moves in this. So if we do get some bullishness, uh, it'll start to work. Uh, lastly, I'm gonna have a quick look at the DAX um, as, as I'm work, looking at world markets. Um, the DAX has been quite bullish and you can see here it's hitting some of my levels from that point there. So our week, this is our monthly chart. So last month it made a high. And again, it's all time highs back in January, 2018. You know, we're talking about well, more nearly two years ago. It's only a few months off being two years. So these have been held back where the Dow and S&P have made all time highs. So again, I would expect to see some of these market playing catch up and it's looking all right at this point in time. It has closed higher so far this week. This move down hasn't been super, super bearish. Uh, but if we start seeing some green bars on a weekly chart, I would suggest this high would be in danger. If you want to know my thoughts on the US market, just get into my US stock market report, which I do every single Monday. Um, so you can watch that. That's why I'm not doing the S&P 500 and the Dow today. Um, but get in to have a look at my US report and you'll see what I think about that. But let's get back into tonight's show. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed my take on world markets. And as you can see, it is quite interesting how different markets do react differently. And, and as you saw there, the Asian markets are different than the US market. And this is a really important point. A lot of people do sort of put all markets into one bucket, I suppose. If the US is going up and down, they think all markets are doing exactly the same thing. But all markets have different drivers. And obviously, we get out of sync with each other all of the time, as I, I mentioned in my um, uh, my report, just uh, you just watched. As I said, Australia and the US con constantly get out of sync with each other, but eventually we'll come back together again, and we'll uh, pretty much the returns over decades between the the All Lords and the Dow or the US market is like less than one percent difference between them. So, um, but it is an interesting study that you might want to do on your own. But now it's time to get into some of the emails I've received over the past few days, and thanks to everyone who's sent them in. I've got one here from. Eloise, who says, hi, Dale, thank you for your shows. I'm enjoying them a lot. 
I'm wondering, could you tell me about mineral resources, why they might be going down? Adelaide Brighton Cement, um, down 30.61% on that. I bought last year at $6.70 something right at the top and have been frozen in fear and indecision ever since. Um, should I buy, sell or buy something more with, with more prospects or sell and then wait for the market to pull back further before buying? Um, last week you said you like Rio, perhaps that's my go. I'd like to buy stocks that are buy and hold like ResMed, but it doesn't give high enough dividends at the moment. Thanks, Louise. So let's just go back and we'll have a look at those stocks and let me just get it here. Um, I'll go back to the start. Um, Whereas I go back to the start. So we'll look at Adelaide Brighton here for Aloise. Now there's a couple of things that I want to mention to Aloise is obviously she's down 30% or was it 30.61% on, on Adelaide Brighton Cement. So again, that tells me you don't have a stop loss on these and you really buy and hold stocks like this. Um, I'm not a big advocate of buy and hold, um, but if you are, then you need to expect big dips like this, sometimes 30, sometimes 50% sometimes more so if you bought around 670 you would have bought it over somewhere around about um in sort of here but there was really if you'd got out at a 15 percent stop loss like i talk in my book or book or you use some other exit strategies i talked about like on my video last week or my, my live show last week you would have a lot more money in your skyrocket right now so you'd be sitting pretty right now this thing looks like it's going down that's pretty much what it looks like to me uh, in terms of you can see the downtrend on that it's making lower lows and that really is not an exciting sign at this point in time so um yeah i did mention i did like rio last week and uh, maybe that is you go it is a good looking stock also like bhp uh, and both of those stocks do do look right, but they've been a little bit more bearish lately. I think they're not super strong right this minute, but I don't discount that the next 12 months are going to be higher. Um, Red, you're better off buying a ResMed. That, that, don't worry about dividends. I think too many people worry about dividends. You'll make far more money at a capital gain than you ever will at a dividend. So why ResMed doesn't pay dividends is why its price goes up so much. And look at BHP. Rio does, uh, BHP and Rio don't pay a lot of dividends, but they're good growth stocks. Um, and unless you're a retiree who needs the dividend yield or you're highly leveraged or you've got, you know, like margin lending or leveraging that you need income to pay for the interest, then go for growth every single time uh, and go for good growth. And ResMed's one of those stocks that just seems to be going up at the moment. But you've got CSL, you've got Cochlear do very, very well. Uh, and there's quite a lot of other stocks. And I think we're going to look at Brambles a little later on. That's another one of those stocks that looks really, really good. But uh, do have a good look at those stocks. Uh, my next question I've got is from Natalie, who says, Hi, Dale. Just started the short course in share trading module one. Oh, thank you. Well done. Uh, good. Welcome to the course, Natalie. And I've been familiarizing myself with the top 20 or the XDL, the stocks in that. I'm just wondering if this is a correct observation on both Goodman Group and Transurban. Uh, would they be good stocks to buy and hold for long-term gains, five years or more, and not really stocks to buy in and out for the short, I'm not really um, in for stocks that get short-term gains. Uh, thanks for the fantastic education across all your platforms. Cheers, Natalie. So thanks for the email, Natalie. It's really good to uh, have an email. So let's get into Goodman Group. And you can see how Goodman Group's been one of those stocks that just trends. It really does trend. Well, been a little bit bearish the last few weeks. And uh, this is one of those stocks you, you can hold for a reasonable length of time. But it's not a lot of history. We've got back to 2005. And we've seen this huge big move down into 2009. 
and since then it's been bullish. So 10 years it's just been beautiful, beautiful. But it is getting a little bit more vertical and you'll see that when you're looking at these trend lines. If I do a trend line or just use my trend line tool here, you can see the difference in the move from there. See how it's moving really, really way about it, uh, far away. So I would expect it to come back a little bit back to its normal angle or its normal momentum or volatility that it actually does travel under. Uh, stocks will travel at a certain amount of cents per day. That's their average. Sometimes they'll do X plus 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 per day. Sometimes they'll X minus minus per day, but eventually they'll go back to X um, cents per day, which is their normal momentum that they travel on. And right now this is traveling a little bit faster. So I wouldn't expect it would travel too much farther. It's just coming back, I think. And uh, if you don't own it, that's okay. Um, I'd stay out about it and just wait till you get to module three um, of the course. And that'll teach you everything you need to know to be able to manage this properly. Uh, the other one was Transurban, I believe you were talking about. And again, similar nature on Transurban right here, looking at this stock, if we go right back to the history, Beautiful big trending stock here on a Transurban. And if I use my little trend line tool, you can see the momentum that this stock runs on. If I just click it over here, uh, you'll, oops, putting all that on it. So you can see what I've done. It moves up and around this line, it comes back to it. And I would suggest right now, it's had many, many months traveling straight up. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months straight up. So it really does not need to take a breather. It's like you going for a run. You know, you eventually you get tired and you need to slow down a little bit. This is probably what will happen and this will probably slow right down. It might even come back down to this sort of area 1291 at this point in time. But um, it is looking good. If you're in the stock, stay in it. If you're not in it, um, don't look to get in it at this point in time. That's really what I'm suggesting at the moment. Um, the next question I've got is from Mark. He says, hi, Dale. This is Mark Hall. I recently sold a couple of positions due to rules being triggered. Great to see you using rules, Mark. Fantastic. I'm tossing up if I should buy more stocks in my existing portfolio, which includes the like of uh, CSL, West Farmers, Macquarie, Telstra, CBA, Westpac, Transurban and NAB. Really good portfolio of stocks there, matey. That's a really good choice of stocks. Um, he also says if I should buy new stocks, I'm currently now, he's got a lot of stocks in that portfolio. He says I'm currently looking at FMG. Um, AZJ, Brambles and Sydney. Just wondering what you think about these stocks that I'm interested in again and thanks for your help. Um, I listen um, every YouTube posting and podcast looking forward to starting your diploma course soon. Oh, fans, that's very nice of you, matey. Uh, really, let's look at a couple of the stocks and we'll look at um, AZJ, FMG and Brambles, but you want to look at how many stocks you're getting into your portfolio um, because you don't want to over diversify. And my subject tonight, We'll give you the answers to that and so will my book. Um, we'll give you answers to that as well. But let's have a quick look at AZJ. Uh, this is Horizon Holdings and you can see it's a little bit of a volatile stock and it is moving up. But again, it's very similar to TCL. I think it might have a bit of retracement. I mean, have a look at how many months it's gone up vertically. And if we look at this on the monthly chart, you can, can't see an angle like this anywhere else through it. So if I put my trend line tool on here and just look at that angle and we go back here, if I drag it, you can see here, it did that little angle for a tiny little bit. It didn't do it here. It was much shallower, much shallower here, much shallower here, much shallower here, but only rose a little bit for those few months in these couple of little times when it rose on that angle. This is the most sustained rise it's had on that angle. So therefore it would suggest 
it's going to start losing momentum in the not too distant future. So um, given you don't own it, I would be waiting for it to come back, have a bit of a breather, show us it's got some strength and then move on. Fortescue I do like. This is one of the stocks I do actually like and you can see how it's moving up quite nicely. It's had a bit of a down move. If you see that weekly chart on the right hand side, we've had one, two, three, four, five weeks down to this low. Last week it was up nice and strongly. Little bit of uh, pullback this week because it did take off really well last week, but that wouldn't worry me at this point in time. I'm not suggesting this is the low at 659. I'm not suggesting it's not going to go down below that low. That's not what I'm doing right now. This is why we trade on confirmation, not speculation, because whilst we think it might be going up and my preference is that it possibly will go up, I still need to be mindful that it hasn't proven that that low is the low that says it's the low before it starts to move up. And I reckon that's pretty highly technical, but bottom line is you need to know where the end of the line is before you jump on the train. So it's no use if you're jumping on at, the, at a train station thinking you're going to go one way and it keeps going the other way. And that's what you don't want to do. So you want to get off that, make sure the momentum is stopped going one direction and make sure it's moving into that other direction. And one and a bit weeks or even a couple of weeks is not going to change my mind on this stock. So right now, too early with that and just have a quick look at brambles uh here's brambles i love bramble stocks you know winning um if you haven't listened to my podcast go and find my podcast they're called talking wealth podcast um they're on itunes and uh whatever all the other ones stitches and you know those ones all the different podcast type of uh apps but if you look at brambles it has a very high percentage of positive years versus negative years what i mean by that is from 1 january to 31st of december it has nearly three quarters of the years it actually trades higher than it trades down uh trades it trade closes higher than it opens so i suppose that's an easy way for me to say it um, and so go and have a listen to the podcast. It's Talking Wealth. Just Google it, Dale Gillen, Talking Wealth uh, podcast, and you'll be able to listen to all my podcasts. But right now, I do like Brambles, but it is he hitting that really sort of heavy resistance levels around its all-time high. So here's its previous all-time high at 1389. This is a great trading stock. Um, and for Aloise, I think it was Aloise, this is not a buy and hold stock. Um, it's a trading stock. And the difference between a trading stock and a buy and hold one is these big dips is you could have bought brambles right back here, back in 2000, and still be buying it here at the same price, and all you've done is collect dividends. So it's definitely not a buy and hold stock, but it's one of the most awesome trading stocks in our, um, in our or on our marketplace. Lendless is another one of those. Aristocrat Leisure is another one of those sorts of stocks that you don't really buy and hold, you trade. Uh, and there's some great trading stocks for those who are in the know. So, um, but great questions uh, we've got from those people. But I think uh, it's time we have a quick look at the chat before I get into my subject of, of the night. Um, and let's see what some stocks that people did ask me about. I'm going to put my glasses on so I can actually see what uh, you're talking about here. We've got um, Chadu, Chadu says, hi Dale, Chadu here from New Zealand. Oh, well done, Chadu, congratulations from New Zealand. Uh, Richly purchased your book, purchased your book, Accelerate Your Wealth. Thanks, matey. Um, for someone new to trading, there's heaps of tips in your book to get going and manage your portfolio. Thank you very much. Um, Dale Thomason says, evening, Dale, could you please review Lend Lease? So we'll do that. We'll bring that up in a, a second, matey. I bought it recently at 14.55. Thank you for telling me that. And so far it's done really well. We'll be placing a 15% stop loss on this. So let's bring up Lend Lease. If I can find it, did I have it in here? No, there it is, Lend Lease. So let's quickly look at Lend Lease. I do like Lend Lease, it's a great stock, um, but you can see here, as I mentioned before, this is a trading stock. Remember, it's all time high here. 
is way back here in 1999. So again, for LOEs, you could have bought this stock way back here and still bought and hold it and you'd still be buying it at the same price. We're talking around 1997. Uh, anybody who bought it there and held it, all, all they're doing is collecting dividends. So very much a trading stock. And if you put my little tool on it, you can see the move from there to there is well over 300%. So that's pretty good from 2008 to 2018, 10 years to make nearly you know, close to, what's that, 350%. So that's excellent return. But what's it doing now? That's the important thing, isn't it? To really determine what it is important um, is moving up since January. It's had a bit of a dip down run like some stocks. It's had a bit of a retracement. It's moving up. One, two, three, it's now in month four moving up. I think it look great. Um, it's nice and steady, which means it's sustainable. We're not getting this real big blow off type of pattern where you see it, the market move up. So I, I do like it. So that's my thoughts on it. So um, Dale bought it at 455, sorry, 14.55. So he bought it somewhere in around where my pointer is in around there. Um, I'm not sure what your rules are, matey, but I definitely make sure you've got your stop loss on it. So, and if it does trigger, please do enact that anyway. Um, let's go to the next one. Um, Fluky says, it's great to have such a cool head guide. Such a cool head guy. I think you mean guy. So that, I think I'm a cool head guy. Um, <laughs> take us through such volatile times in stocks. I'm considering buying some high growth stocks towards a small portion of my portfolio. Any thoughts on ISX? and EML. So I'll, I'll have a look at that for you. Flukin, thanks for the comment that I'm a cool head guy. So let me look at um, ISX for you. I think I've got it in there somewhere. So here's ISX. Um, I don't know whether you own it. Uh, oh, sorry. No, you don't own it because you're considering buying it. I wouldn't. Simple. This looks pretty terrible. It's Whilst it's gone vertical, it's very illiquid stock. Let me go down into here and you can see it's not that liquid here. You're talking about 2.4 million shares at a dollar. So it's not highly liquid, but uh, it's not a stock that I would put on here. Um, I wouldn't trade it. It's likely to start falling away. Let's look at the next one for you, um, EML. Um, EML payments, again, it's gone nice and vertical, hasn't it? But again, it looks a bit more illiquid to me, but it looks a lot better um, at this stage. So 1.4 million shares at $3. Um, nothing spectacular. Um, don't be fooled into thinking if you're buying these sort of lower price stocks that you're getting a better stock and you've got more potential for opportunity. But uh, 755,000, 650,000 shares traded in a day, 450,000 shares in a trade. It's not highly liquid, but it does look a little bit better to me uh, than ISX. But right now, would I be getting into it? No. Would I be sitting back watching? I probably would. But again, this vertical nature of this says to me, it, it's, and I'm not saying it's not going to go through the roof or go up to five, four, five, six dollars, but it would be more of a gamble than lots of other stocks. And it's about having, looking at those risks that you're actually taking. So, um, let's, like, how about what I go into? I think I'll move on to um, our topic for the tonight's show so we can get in and I'll get back to some more stocks for you in a minute. But um, our topic for tonight's show is how to beat the market using top portfolio risk management strategies, if I can say that one. That's a long title. Now, for those of you who've been watching this live show the past few months, you may have noticed that I've actually spent little to no time in my topics for the night talking about the act of actually buying stocks. Yet for the majority watching this show right now, it is my guess you spend a lot of time 
looking for stocks to buy. So you might be scouring the web, YouTube, whatever you like, um, but you probably spend a lot of time looking for stocks to buy. Now, think about this for a minute. Uneducated traders or investors spend the majority of their time looking for stocks without much of a process. Whereas experts spend more of their time on managing the process so that they can spend far less time finding stocks. So let me ask you a question. If you wanted to learn how to make a million dollars, would you rather get the advice from someone who is broke or someone who's a millionaire? Now, my guess is that you chose the millionaire. But then that brings up another question. If you chose the millionaire, then why do you spend so much of your time looking at chat forums and watching YouTube videos? Because it stands to reason that when we invest, we want to do so with the highest probability of success. So it just makes sense to have the right knowledge and education and not just any education or any knowledge. Now with getting the right education in mind, it is important that rather than searching for stocks, that it's far more beneficial for you to implement a number of risk management strategies that will ensure you protect your capital each and every time you trade. Now we discussed why setting stop losses creates a profitable stock market portfolio last week. And this forms part of your portfolio risk management strategies. This week we'll add to this and discuss a number of other strategies that will support you to be profitable when managing your portfolio. But before we delve into these strategies, let me say that it's extremely important to consider your tolerance to risk when trading the stock market. Now that's because there is an undeniable link between risk and knowledge. The more risk you take, the higher level of required knowledge it is to manage that risk. It is vital, it's vital that you understand this, as failure to fully grasp what I mean will result in emotional trading and losses. In simple terms, your risk tolerance is the risk you're willing to take with your investments. Usually the higher the risk, the higher the expected return. If you do not fully grasp the real risk you're taking with your money, then you're surely on the road to losing it. In some cases, the investment risk you might have might be zero, while in other cases, the risk you take with your money is very high. For example, investing in a term deposit is virtually risk-free and requires almost no knowledge. Investing in the stock market, however, involves a higher degree of risk, which therefore requires a much higher level of knowledge and skill. Understanding Understanding your tolerance to risk will help you maximize your wealth creation potential. Now, I always recommend that an individual's comfort level in regards to their risk should be determined what I call the sleep factor. In other words, you should only ever consider investing in assets that allow you to sleep at night. Believe me, it's far better to sleep than worry about your investments, how they're underperforming. Given this, you need to consider whether your tolerance to risk is low, medium, or high. Asking this question will help you determine the risk you are willing to take and how much money you will invest. When answering this question, you also need to consider your current level of knowledge and experience in the market. And that's really critical. Most people don't do that. You need to consider your level of knowledge and experience in the market so that you do not take on too much risk. Regardless of your level of risk, the level of knowledge you have needs to complement it. For example, a beginner trader who has a high tolerance to risk should not trade Forex or foreign exchange as this is simply gambling. 
Okay, so now let's get into the top risk management strategies that I recommend that you should use when managing your portfolio. The unfortunate reality for many is that their investments are performing well under expectations. Often this is attributed to the individual's lack of knowledge when it comes to how to select stocks and how to manage a portfolio. And this is very much part of the equation. That said, to be truly successful in the stock market, I believe investors need a practical framework that will allow them to select stocks for their portfolio that have a high chance of ensuring that they are consistently profitable. Given this, my aim tonight is to provide you with a set of guidelines that will enable you to construct a portfolio that consistently performs year in, year out. I often refer to these as strategies as my golden rules to success in the stock market. Get them right, and you can, and you'll make a lot of money. Get them wrong, and your portfolio will perform well under your expectations. So golden rule number one, irrespective of the amount of money you have to invest, or the instrument that you're trading, always spend the same amount of time researching your options to ensure you protect your capital on each and every trade. Unfortunately, the amount of capital that we invest tends to change our perception of the risk we're taking and the research required to manage that risk. Usually this is because it's much easier to swallow a $1,000 mistake than if you make a mistake with half a million dollars. But let me assure you the process that you need to take to invest $1,000 or half a million dollars is and should be exactly the same as they pretty much represent the same amount of risk. Because risk is relative. $1,000 to one person could mean as much as half a million to another. If you lose capital, you cannot work that hour, week or month again to retain it. So make sure you know what to do with it. This brings me to rule number two, or golden rule number two. When constructing a medium to longer term portfolio, you should always aim to have between five and 12 stocks in your portfolio. Although if you're educated and experienced active trader, you may want to have that closer to five, but you do need to be educated and experienced to bring it down to five because you have to actively manage your risk better. Now the idea is not to have lots of stocks with small amounts invested in each. Instead, you only need to require, or you only require a small number of the right stocks with larger amounts invested in each. This actually lessens your risk and increases your returns. This is because smaller portfolios are far easier to manage and represent lower risk because the more stocks you have in a portfolio, the more work you need to do to manage your risk level. Now, it's far easier to select a small number of stocks that are rising in price with the end result being increased returns. You'll also have fewer transaction costs when the buying and selling of stocks because, simply because the portfolio will have fewer transactions. Now, golden rule number three is never invest more than 20% of your total capital in any one stock. If you invest in the stock market, you need to accept that some stocks will fall in value. Now, say that again as it is so important. You need to accept that some stocks will fall in value. And if you can't handle stocks falling in value, then do not invest in them until you can. Not investing more than 20% of your capital into any one stock will help reduce your exposure to risk, while allowing you to achieve good returns, simply because you are minimizing the amount of capital you could lose at any one time. For example, if you invested $100,000 in five different stocks, 
you would be investing $20,000 in each stock or 20% of your total capital. If at the end of your first year, one of the stocks has dropped by 50%, you would have lost $10,000 of your initial capital. But if the other four stocks have all risen in value by 10%, then you would have made $8,000. Therefore, your total loss would only be $2,000 or 2% of your total capital. In effect, you will have minimized your exposure to risk by spreading your capital across a number of stocks. Now, to put it another way, the amount you invest is relative to the number of stocks you hold. So if you decide to hold between 8 and 12 stocks, then you'd invest between 12 and 8% respectively of your total capital in any one stock. And remember, you need to determine how much you're willing to risk on each trade, which means you must set a stop loss or an exit price in case price falls after you enter the trade. Remember, for stocks, this is usually between 10 to 15% below your purchase price, depending on the volatility of the stock. Now, you should also look at the actual dollar amount you're investing and ask yourself really, really honestly, am I comfortable risking that much? Now, in wrapping up this topic, I need to remind you that being consistently profitable in the market, whether a trader or an investor, you need to come to the realization that it is not how much you can make on any one stock. Rather, it is how much you do not lose. If when entering a stock, your thoughts are on how much money you can make, then you've not grasped what I've just said. Then you need, well, if you don't, then you are gambling or doing what I like to call the buy and pray method to making money. If you do understand that risk and you are understanding that risk and what you are standing to lose and you've worked out what you could lose if the trade goes against you, then you understand what I'm saying and you're investing wisely. Now, to learn more about what I've been chatting about, then get my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. By now, you would have realized that for a small investment, the book packs a very, very, very big punch, especially after watching these live shows after the last few months. So if you really are serious about being more successful in the stock market, then get into the local bookstore, get online and get your copy now. Your portfolio will thank you for doing this. Your bank account will look much better after you apply the knowledge and wisdom that you learn. Now, I hope you enjoyed this topic that I've presented to you tonight. Uh, and remember a quote, the quote that I said earlier on, a plan backed by action becomes reality. So decide now to take action. Now let's move on to take a look at some other emails I got a little bit earlier. And I've got one from Kim who says, Hi Dale, I really enjoyed your show and just bought your books and reading it now. Just wanted to know what's your opinion on ASL. I'm currently holding it. Kind regards, Kim. So let's go and have a look at ASL for Kim. Let me put my glasses on again. And where is it? There we go. So Oz Drill, here it is, Kim. So having a little bit of a look at it, I'm not sure whether you actually own it or you don't own it, but it is a bit of a cyclical stock. You can see again, very similar to those other stocks we just looked at before. As I said, not necessarily a buy and hold stock, very, very much a trading stock, as you can see here. This level across here is back in 1996 at $1.88, and that's just below or it's just above where it's trading right now. So you do need rules around this for buying and selling so that you can enter in at the right time and exit at the right time. But it does look okay at this point in time. Let me just click that off and look at it over here. Moving through, there is some resistance around this level as I just showed you around that $2 level. 
We've had one, two, three, four, five, six months up. It is looking all right. Now let's go to that weekly chart. I'd need to really see it start to turn around here. I don't think I'd want it to come sort of down to around to this dollar fifty mark. If we start seeing some moves up here to uh, really challenge this high at two dollars and seven, I'd be waiting. If it broke through that, then I'd look at possibly using that as my entry at this point in time. But uh, if you do, do own it, I'd be putting my stop loss underneath that at $1.70. So if it broke through that, I'd be exiting. But right now I'd be sitting back waiting and watching for the direction uh, that it is uh, going on. So, but now I think it's time. We had a look at a few more of the stocks in the chat. So I'm not sure what we're doing here, but I know there was a question I saw before um, from Mayher. It says, hi Dale, what are your thoughts on investing 5K? Can it be profitable? or need to start with a bigger budget. I do get this question all the time and, and it is answered in my book. So if you haven't got my book, go and get it. Uh, it talks about how to set up a portfolio with a smaller amount of capital and uh, a medium amount of capital and a large amount of capital. So it does help everybody there. But starting is the, is the important thing. And originally it's not about how much money you make. And a lot of people say, is, you know, is starting with a thousand dollars or two or three or four or five thousand dollars worth it? And what they're thinking in their head is, well, how much money can I make on my five thousand dollars? Now, I can guarantee you're going to make more money in the stock market than interest at this point in time in a bank account. That's a lay down, Mazer, you know that. Um, but the thing is, it's about understanding what you're doing. And right now, it's more about using that money and putting it into different stocks. Now, in my book, I talk about not investing more than 20% in, uh, in, in your, of your total capital into any one stock. And I just mentioned that before on my topic. So I'd just put $1,000 into five different stocks uh, and do that, have my stop losses on it. I'd stick to the top 20 stocks for this point in time. We've seen a couple of those already tonight. And um, we'll probably look at a couple more over the next 15 or so minutes as we finish off the show. But uh, I'd be looking at those sorts of stocks, getting into them, and then reading my book and starting to learn how to manage them. So, but it is worthwhile because it's about getting started, learning how to place the trade, learning the process, uh, and then starting to build and then starting to add to those five stocks till you get your portfolio out to between eight and 12. And then you start building the capital and let it compound. But what are your options? $5,000 in a bank account or $5,000 in Commonwealth Bank or Lend-Lease or some of these other great stocks that are paying good dividends and rising as well. But great, great question. Um, Bython says, hi, Dale, just wondering what your definition of a valid trend line as it applies to stock market training. I'd love to tell you, Bython, but I can't on YouTube. It's just not even close to being possible. I have six rules on trend lines, and to teach you those six rules, I've got to spend months teaching you other stuff uh, before I get to that point. So what's valid for you and what's valid for me are two different things, and I did talk a bit about that uh, last week when I'm saying most people have one, maybe two rules on trend lines, and so I teach... I have to teach a hell of a lot of depth behind those for my students to the distinction. And that's the difference between a professional trader and somebody who's not professional. The professionals have far more distinctions and more fine tuning of what they do than, than most people. Uh, and so I'm happy to teach you what that is, but you need to be looking at our diploma course for me to do that. But I can't teach you here on YouTube. Um, Ian says, hey, great to see you again. Oh, I've missed you, mate. I don't think you've been around for a while, actually. I um, just started module three to diploma and really loving it. Fantastic. Um, bad Jurious, I think. Hopefully I said that right. Hey, Dale, Bigger Cheese has taken a pounding over the last 12 months or so. I feel that its numbers aren't as bad as the stock price indicates. Thoughts on where it might be going. If it's been that bad, then it's probably not a good stock to own. And yep, this is looking like it's probably going to be the dog stock of the night. But um, I know a couple of those other stocks we did look at 
weren't that weren't that good but you can see here it's now breaking through that previous low here back from December 2016 at $3.82 it's now broken through that this month it's hit $3.80 it's not looking that good mate I'd, it's it's about right now it doesn't look like you own it or you doesn't say that you're in this stock you've been it has taken a pounding but uh, it doesn't matter what you think or what you feel or how much research you've done. If it's going down, it's going down. And that's what I, I say to a lot of people. They go, but it should be doing this or it should be doing that. And if you keep shooting a lot, then you'll shoot all over yourself and you won't make any money. At the end of the day, this thing is eventually going to start falling and it'll start rising. And when it does, you'll be ready. But why it's doing it, I don't care. When's it going to stop? I don't know. When's it going to rise? I don't know. And I don't care. But when it does, I'll be ready for it. And that's really about putting stocks on your watch list and having some rules around it and not getting sort of too wrapped up with um, what do you think it's worth and what it's not worth and whether it's drilling for something or whether there's an announcement in the next few weeks. But right now, stay out of it. It's pretty much um, as much as that. Um, going further, Dale's, uh, David Murphy said, Hi Dale, interest rates are heading towards zero in the US. If the stock market moves into bear territory, where do, you in, where do we invest? Thanks for the show. Really good question, David. It really does open up a whole lot of stuff in terms of that. If the stock market is bearish, I bet you never considered that their stock's going up while the market is bearish. So even in the GFC, every stock that was sold was bought by somebody because you can't have a stock sold unless somebody actually buys it. So all the way down from into that March 2009 low, people, somebody was buying stocks. Uh, and buying them and so even in that time you would have found stocks going up now sometimes there might have been a period where more stocks were falling but you'll always get maybe a 20 to 30 percent of stocks rising so there's a couple of things you can do if it's in a crash situation there's other things you can do in a bear market situation and even in the last few weeks there's been stocks going up while the market's been going down. And so you just need to find them and have rules around how to filter those and get to those to the forefront. So you can either trade stocks long, like I've just said, like buying them at a lower price to sell higher um, and then trading up because there will be stocks that will do that um, during while the market is bearish. If we do slip into a recessionary environment, that's not bad actually, because people in a recessionary environment, there's less competition for stocks which means if there's less buying, the seller's a little bit more keen and then you can pick up some good bargains, but you'll still get a rise because recessions, if we talk about the 1932 low, after uh, we had that great depression in Australia and in the US, and yet the Australian market rose four to 500% and the US market went ballistic as well, even though it was in a great depression because um, stocks, they'll eventually hit a level and it's like water finds a level, if that makes sense. And so what you'll find is if people aren't buying stocks, they'll drop to a level where they get too cheap and therefore people start to buy them. And because we're putting so much money into super um, every single week, regardless of what the economy is, there's trillions of dollars in superannuation. There's millions and billions of dollars going in and out of that market every single day, every single week, basically. So there's always going to be a buyer for stocks. You've just got to search and find those. The other one is you could trade the market short, learn how to trade the market to fall. Um, and that you could be on the margin or you could be leveraging it through CFDs or some other form of leveraging. But you do really need to know what you're looking for. But awesome questions. Um, and it, regardless of what the US is doing, Australia will trundle along. And like I was saying in my early report about with world markets, we'll be more, much more aligned to China. If China's doing okay, we'll do okay as well. But uh, moving on to my next question, where is it? Um, Alan Courtsy, hi, great to be here. Well, hi Alan, how are you doing matey? 
Um, Greg S. Manus, I haven't, haven't done the stock for you for a couple of weeks, Greg. Hi Dale, also purchased into Lendlease, fantastic, two times buy average cost around fourteen fifty. Um, how do you see this stock? We did cover Lendlease, I don't cover that again, sorry matey. Not sure why you bought twice, I don't necessarily, to me averaging cost, I don't dollar cost average anything on the way up or on the way down, so I'm not sure why you're doing that. Um, read my book if you want to understand why I don't do that. Um, Chris G says, hi Dale Wood, uh, really appreciate your thoughts on SAR, it's been getting slammed the last couple of days. Seem to have found support possibly today at around the 61.8% price retracement. So let's have a look at SAR, I've probably got it here somewhere matey. SAR, let me have a look at that, okay. Saracen Mineral, so let's have a look at that. Look at this, it's just been vertical. It's one of these stocks, look at that. It's very liquid through here, back to the early 2000. And again, not necessarily a buy and hold stock. Again, um, for Alouise, there's lots of examples. You know, here we're talking about the 1990s and right through into the 2018, you wouldn't have made money. Big trading stock at this point in time, but I wouldn't expect, it's quite vertical. And if we look at using you know, my trend line tool, you can see here's one angle here, sort of was running up along that sort of angle. Um, but now if I drag that over, if I can drag it over, it's not getting me, you can see the angle, it's way, way off that angle. And what you normally see when you get that angle moving up, and if I use my trend arrow tool, um, I'll get it in here, where's my tools? Drawing my trend arrow tools, you'll see stuff like this, and then it starts to go vertical. That's when you need to start, if you're getting different angles like that, once you get into about the fourth time it moves, so like like one, two, three, so that's one, two, three, four, you're starting to reach that top. And this is stuff I talk about with my students is that it's like the roller coaster, it's only going up and up and up and up and then it gets the most vertical point and then it starts to take, uh, take a big slam. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if this thing is running out of steam. Looking at this monthly chart, there's a big outside reversal bar type thing uh, here. Um, I won't tell you all the technical terms, I'm trying to keep it simple. But last two days, don't look at anything in two days. So that's really there, it's been slammed back since here, since the 6th of August. So it's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days down. A uh, little bit, nice little sign here, it may fill this gap, but anything here, if it does move up, it might be just what's called a counter trend move in another downward move. So what I mean by that, it might just do that before it tips over and you might find it falls below that level. But um, I wouldn't even be in this stock at this point in time. It's just not something that excites me. Um, you're more than likely gonna see it come back to about that three sort of 20 move. Uh, yes, it may have found some support at 61.8%. I think what you said was it, 61.8%. Uh, price retracement, but right now I don't think it looks that fantastic. Sorry, um, don't have any great news for you. Um, let's me move on, what have I got here? Uh, Michael Sopal, I haven't heard that name before. Hi Dale, what are your thoughts on PL8 and HVST type stock for an income portfolio? Interesting, so you must be retired um, if you're looking at income portfolio. Um, I haven't looked at those stocks before, but let's have a bit of a look at them, PL8. Um, I think one of them for memory um, here, income, income, Plato Income Maximizer. Obviously it's a managed fund, that's interesting. So obviously this might've done a backdoor listing. So it might've picked up in this month in May, it might've bought a listed entity to list on the exchange. So um, I don't know the income that this thing plays. Um, so you'd need to be looking at that yourself. But in terms of technical analysis, in terms of whether you'd buy it to own it, 
um, to get some growth out of it. There's not enough data on me because I wouldn't trust this data given that bar. So unless my data is incorrect or there's an error in it, my, my guess would be that uh, they bought a cheap um, listed company that was being, uh, who was suspended from being quoted um, and they did a backdoor listing, floated, did the fund and off they go. So there's not a lot of growth here in the last, um, you know, sort of 18 months, two years or last two years here. So you're not going to get any growth. So hopefully it's paying good dividend. The other stock was, I think it was um, HVST. I think this is a beta shares um, um, ETF probably, something like that that's paying or some sort of hybrid that they've got. But you can see here, if you'd own that, um, you've gone from 26.54 right down to where it currently is. So uh, you've gone right down to that. So there's nearly half of your money gone if you'd owned it. Right now it is looking a lot better. Um, I wouldn't get into that unless it broke through that sort of 15, sort of 48 mark. Um, otherwise I'd stay out of it because it is likely to keep falling at this sort of stage. I don't know whether you own it or not or what your portfolio style is that you need to run. Whether you're retired, you need the income. If you do need the income and you're quite happy for things to move around in price and have some downside move, then there's no issues with that. But if you are looking for growth as well, uh, you may be better off in some good growth stocks that are paying good dividends, you know, possibly like a Telstra, that sort of stuff. But I don't, again, I don't know the income that this one's actually pushing out. So um, what do we got here? Oh, eCorso. I haven't seen you for quite a while, matey, either. So hi, Dale. Can you cover CT? CTD for me, I bought it in December. Oh, you bought something in December. Um, CTD, let's look at corporate travel. So look at that, nice looking stock, isn't it? But it is bearish right now. It's been a beautiful stock corporate travel over the years. You can see this massive, beautiful, steady run and that's quite sustainable. And this is a more of a buy and hold stock, but right now it does look a little bit bearish. It's all time high is back in September 2018. So, you know, we're talking about a year almost going south. So at this point in time, I'd suggest it's probably trying to find some support around here. If you look at my little uh, thing here, you can see here, it's pretty much some support around that 1972, 1950 sort of area. But this doesn't look super. For me to get more excited about it, I really would suggest it needs to sort of get up above this sort of level here at about 24. Now, E-Core, so... Ecorso, uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure that's how you say your name. Um, you bought it in December 2018, so you would have bought it way back sort of in here. So you've really not made any money from it at this point in time. You're probably not losing. Uh, make sure you've got a stop loss on it, matey. Please do make sure you've got a stop loss on it. 15% below your price, whatever you paid for it, multiply 15%, take that off your buy price, and if it goes below that, just get out. It's simple as that. If it goes up, stay with it. That's really what I'm talking about here. Um, I've got one from ArcD. I've never seen that name either. So welcome to the channel. Hi, Dale. I've bought CSL, Cochlear Sun, VCX. Um, I do like CSL and Cochlear. They have US earnings. What are your thoughts on these? Um, I'm not going to quote on all the other stocks, but I do like CSL and Cochlear. Um, from that point of view, they both, they're both great stocks. Uh, I'm not too stressed about whether they have US earnings, but they really do. I mean, Cochlear does a lot of business in the US um, and so does CSL. But let's see if we can have a look at that. Beautiful, beautiful stocks. Again, these are sort of stocks that uh, do what I was talking about before when I did mention my podcast. Um, when I said looking at stocks that have more winning um, years than what they do losers, winning and losers, that's what I sort of called it. Um, let me bring up Cochlear as well. So before I start on that, um, whereas NAB, it's almost 50 50. Um, how many months, how many years it closes low, higher than it opened? 
Um, I think it's about 54, 55% of the time it closes higher for the year than it opened. Where stocks like Cochlear and CSL, it's closer to 70% plus. So these are the sorts of stocks you want to good, have in good medium to long-term portfolios. Eloise, these are ones you want to have in a buy and hold type portfolio. And you can see here why outside a few years through here, where if you bought here at September 2007, you could have bought seven years later, um, eight years later at the same price. But overall, it's done very, very, very well. And right now, this thing looks super bullish. I like it. It's not showing me signs that it is bearish or it's going to fall away. I do quite like this stock. So um, I don't have any issues with that. Cochlear was the other, uh, sorry, that's Cochlear. CSL is the other one. And again, similar position to me. Have a look at that. This is how bullish this stock is. It was part from a period again between sort of 2008 and 2012, about four years where it went sideways. This is just pretty much been vertical. Very, very good stock for you to own, Aloise, if you're looking at buy and hold. And again, I do like this stock. It does look bullish to me. I think it's got more to go. But it is starting to get a little bit vertical, so I wouldn't suggest that it wouldn't be too much down the track before it has a bit of a retracement. So again, put a stop loss on this stock from here. Uh, Majid said, hi Dale, any comment on NCZ I own a bit, but wondering if it makes sense to buy more. Um, if you own a bit, it's never normally a sense to buy more unless it shows you strength. Now, let me just bring this up um, just for our last stock, New Century Resources. Why would you buy more of this stock? This now takes the cake as the dog stock for the night. Um, that's, I'm not sure why you even own it in the first place, matey. So I'm not trying to be rude to you, Majid, but it looks terrible. It really does look terrible um, in terms of that. And you're looking at daily chart. Um, look at that 1.5 million shares at 29 cents. There's not a lot of liquidity there. There's not a lot of hope there. And I'm not sure where you bought it, but I wouldn't dollar cost average. This is what I was briefly talking about earlier. If you're in a losing position, never, ever, ever, ever. And if you didn't get that, never buy more if you're losing on a stock only ever buy extra stock if you're making money but then only ever do it when you're uh, it's telling you it's strong or the stock is telling you it's strong this stock's telling me it's crap or crap um, so please um, that's not a stock i would suggest anybody own at this point in time but uh, uh, it really is not a good stock to own but let's get moving on just before we finish up but i as i said at the start of the show i actually had something a little bit special for you so all that what i'd like to offer you if you'd like me to take a look at your portfolio, then here's your chance that I'm giving you a chance for me to have a look at your portfolio. Now, there are two things you need to do first, and that is you need to be a subscriber of this channel. So hit that button down there, that little red button that says subscribe now. Uh, and the second is that you need to send an email through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. And in the title of the email, place your place the title portfolio review so in the subject header for the email put portfolio review and in the body of the email you need to tell me your youtube subscriber name and your real name now what i'll do then is then i'll send you a spreadsheet for you to fill out and get back to me before next week's show and on next week's show we'll choose one portfolio to review here live on the show next week now don't worry we're not going to show your name or tell everybody who you are and uh, they'll just see the stocks and they'll see where you've bought them and we'll have a bit of a chat about your portfolio, the stocks you've got in it, the portfolio construction, uh, all the positives and negatives so that you get a nice review of your portfolio. So 
um, but we're only just going to show your portfolio. So send your email into info at wealthwithin.com.au as soon as we finish here tonight for your chance. And remember, you do need to be a subscriber. So hit that button to make sure you subscribe. subscribe. But uh, So we've now come to the end of the show. And so we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. And thanks for participating. There's been some great questions there. And I really do appreciate everybody doing that and if you'd like to see the show grow then remember to share it with your social media friends and uh, your family and colleagues and the more people that join the more fun we can have the more we can share with you and the more learning we have and everybody makes more money and that has to be good for not only you but for also for australia also make sure you put the show into your calendar so you're back online next tuesday at 7 p.m. I'd love to have you back on board. And if you can't be with us, remember live, we also are happy to receive your questions via email, which means I had about five tonight, so those all got read out. So if you have a question for me, remember to put some stuff on the email, like do you own it, do you not own it? What's your question? Do you, what do you like about the stock? What don't you like about it? Give me a bit more than just can you have a look at X, Y, Z. So um, remember with your email, info@wealthwithin.com.au. just type um, Wealth Within Live in the subject line, it'll come to me and I'll bring it up next week on the show. But that really does bring us to the end of the show, and we really hope you enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And as always, thanks for taking part, and we'll see you again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. But now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.